charger. I'm sitting here with my buddy Don. It's a little morning. We're doing this in the morning with coffee, so we'll be a little more tame probably. No whiskey. No whiskey. It's a little early for that. <laughs> so the topic that I there's two topics we're gonna do, and we'll do this first one here. I think we'll talk about rigging. Boxing, rigging, striking. Striking. Yeah. Kind of the whole mm-hmm. gamut there. Yeah, I think it's kind of the same thing for most people I've talked to, but I think it's kind of regional, some of that. Yeah. You know, people, some areas call it striking, some people in some areas call it rigging, and I call it a strike dog, I guess, is how I refer to it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think for me, it was one of the more difficult, it was really one of the more difficult tasks of, of the hunt. There was two parts of the hunt that, for for me, was difficult. Starting the cat. And finishing the cat. The middle yeah. part was kind of easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, you couldn't tell if it was a deer or elk sometimes. You know, coyote. There was, there right. was, there was challenges. I'm going to say yeah. there was challenges. But. If, you, if you weren't starting right or finishing right, who cared? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so somebody's listening like, duh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. probably. But, but getting, so let's just talk about like a box dog or a rig dog. Mm-hmm. Would you define them the same? I, yeah, I, I, I mean, for me, and I think in, for our region, you know, it's the same, but I think that... If you said um, boxing or rigging, would that mean the same to you? Yeah, pretty much to me, but I know that there are some difference, there, that some people consider a difference, and that is that some people will consider a box dog, a dog that will ride inside the box and, and strike from inside the box. Right. And I haven't had, but a couple of dogs, I, I probably wouldn't, haven't had, owned any dogs that were good at that. Um, cause I, I probably overbreak my dog in the box from barking. I don't want him barking, driving to and from, uh, uh, hunts. And so, um, I, I, I'd probably over, over, uh, break him from that. However, I do know a guy, an old timer here that, um, uh, that originally when I first started hunting with him was, would strike his dogs on the racks and, um, towards the end, he didn't, he just never put them on the box and they were ox or put them on the strike rails um on the box he would uh leave them in the box and they he had a couple of dogs that were excellent at it and so i want to stop for a second because we got a lot of um listeners as we're starting we actually got more than two listeners first time so don for you don't know he was on the very first podcast and since that first podcast we've got we picked up a handful like we used to have two listeners now we might have four so if you don't know, like, the rig, when we talk about striking, on top of our dog boxes over here in the West, we normally have a little, I don't want to say cage, but like a, a railing, fence, yeah. railing, mm-hmm. whatever, and, and you know, you can chain them. You know, a lot of people can chain them up. Yeah. I know, Don, you don't really chain very huh. often. Unless, right. like, I, I don't chain either unless I'm, like, hunting around active logging. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I want to really control where my dogs can get down or not. But So, anyways, they ha- on the top of our boxes, they have a a railing that the dogs will sit stand up on top of and and you know traditionally you would clip them on and and they'd be clipped on until you let them off and mm-hmm. a lot of places that's how they do it for the safety of the dog too right yeah. um yeah if you're hunting near private properties where you don't want to turn loose in areas like that that's and you don't want to put them back you know put them in and unload yeah. them up and that on active logging areas in our area or um other hunting seasons you know if there's deer hunting seasons going on or elk or things like that and you don't want a dog to get off and blast into somebody's hunt then yeah you know i leave them on the rail so we'll we'll cover some of that like like the yeah. handling of the of on and off the rig and how mm-hmm. 
but um, just I want to give a little bit of a preface on when we yeah. talk about rigging. You know, so rigging for us would be dog on top of the, you know, so you got a box in the back of your truck with a rail around the, the front. And, and just for the sake of, of probably everybody, they got a little chain on there and you clip the chain to the dog. And so the dog's chained up and standing outside the box and they ride around and they're expected to bark when they smell the track of, of whatever game. So, um, and then boxing or box dog, what he was talking about was, is the dog inside the dog box and, and maybe they have a head hole that their heads could come out the side. And, and so they would bark, but they would be inside the box and, and strike from inside the box. You know, their head may be out or whatever, but, um, and then I, I think you could do roading, which we, we're not going to cover that too much, but that would be another way to hunt with a pickup. Just start a track. You know. is, is dogs running in front of the pickup. So. For this episode, we're just going to really focus on, on the rigging and, and around the box of the dog, you know, the, the thing. So, um, hopefully that, for, I just want to make sure that somebody listening to what we're saying, we're saying some technical words. And if we catch a word, Don, like try to catch me when we talk about technical word, let's explain that for people mm -hmm. who may not be from our region. You know, this right. is all common knowledge and how we talk over here and maybe in the, the Southeast or the South. Somebody's like, what in the heck are you talking about? A, a, a strike rag and a rig? You know what I mean? Yeah. You may not have seen this. So, so anyways, let's, I, I diverse. Oh, no, that's all right. I, I think that was important to, you know, clarify some of those things. Cause I have seen, you know, dog boxes. Um, well, you know, the time I went to Wisconsin with you, even yeah. the bear hunters. Uh, so different. Yeah. You know, you looked out in the yard and there were a few rails, but a lot of flat top boxes, you know. And, and over there, there was, there was. A one dog rail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. you had Single one or dog two dogs rail. up mm -hmm. there and that was their, their, yep. uh, it was interesting. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just, so when you look in different areas and, and, and if you don't, if you never got out of your area, you got to just, just looking at a dog box tells a lot, doesn't it, Don? It does. It, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like, I mean, oh. you look at dog boxes, some of them have side doors, some of them have two doors, some of them have one door, some have a divider, some don't. Some, I mean, it's just variations are endless of course and it's just a matter of the style of yeah. person you know the one one of the i'm gonna pick on the wisconsin guys just because they're my favorite you guys are i love you i mean wisconsin's our favorite state i don't so. think you're gonna hurt their feelings go ahead Honor, from what i learned when i was over there <laughs> they're already drunk but they already had a couple beers you know it's, it's early for yeah, them for coffee already, and you know. it's eight no way <laughs> um anyways their dog boxes so when they come up on the side and then they angle 45 mm. degrees yeah um that would not work here. No, you not unless you want to put some soap in there. <laughs> exactly. You have dogs floating around in water. I mean, it would just the rain here. So our dogs, and, yeah. You know the the rain is a big factor in how our boxes are designed. Absolutely. Is to keep our dogs dry, and so that our shavings and all that bedding has got to be dry. And uh, the way their dog boxes are, it would it would take one day over here, and and you just have. It'd be full of water. It'd be full of water. Yeah. Or snow and ice. Yeah. Snow and the ice, you know, falling off the trees as you drive by, it'd just fall in them holes and it'd fill that box. Yeah. So, so looking at a dog box, for me, and I don't want to say I would feel like, oh, that, that guy's from this place or whatever, but I just, right. yeah. you know, regionally, you know, the coon hunters, you know, they, they don't have rig racks because they're hunting off a of foot, you know? And mm -hmm. so, so anyways, the, the, the dog box is one of those things that I look at a truck and it's just a story that it may yeah. be told. I, I could tell it wrong because I look at it and I may. And I've seen some of those angled boxes here and I thought, mm, beginner. 
Yep. You'll learn, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see that thing on Facebook Marketplace before long, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and but, you know, the thing I wanted to touch on was not that angle, but like right, I've seen right. one dog strikes, two dog strikes yeah. over there. So, so for some other people that are listening to this, it may be different for you, you know, and I don't want Absolutely. people to get, you know, that this is the Absolutely. only way. Absolutely not. Yeah. Anytime I'm on a podcast with you, I, I, yeah, I want everyone to understand that I, I am totally understand there are other regions and my way is not the only way there are. I've hunted around excellent cat hunters, uh, that, uh, totally different style than me, totally different style. And I respect that. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So, so for our style, the, you know, uh, would you name this region? I mean, how would you name this cat hunting style? I would, I would call this Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah. I would say that, you know, and I, I've seen it several times on, um, on, you know, Facebook and social media where they refer to, um, they've kind of gotten away from West Coast dogs and are more specifically saying Pacific Northwest, which would be the, you know, Northwestern uh, yeah. U.S. where it's. Because it's a different and, style here. Yeah. I mean, it really is when yeah, you get you out. You have to be just because of, I think, I mean, I guess you don't have to be, but I feel like in the best interest of the dog and the, the um, and my experience uh, in the area, which is you know, my, pretty much all my hounding has been um, in the Pacific Northwest, you know, you just, you just evolve into this kind of um, strategy. And yeah. if, yeah, I mean, you got to preserve your dog if your dog's soaking wet and cold. You know, it's at the ninth inning, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be there when you need it. As far as uh, catching a you know yeah. second cat, or or it, it depends on how what style you hunt, you know. So our our discussions are you know Pacific West Coast, you know rigging Pacific Coast rigging whatever, and and mainly for cats is what we're talking about. Um, and we don't have a lot of snow too. I think that's yeah. important. We I mean you can go find snow, but um, but for the most part, uh, if yeah, you if rely if you're waiting on for snow, snow, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to spend much time out there I mean, or you're going to drive a long ways to go find it. And, and, and then, then when you, you do get the snow, it's going to be too much. Of the mountain, <laughs> it's it's going to be wet, crappy snow. That right. It's just going to be miserable anyways. Right. And you're so, better off without it. Exactly. So, so, um, but then, you know, then we get those storms that come in in the last few weeks where you do have snow. And I think that, uh, you know, those are opportunities that I like to capitalize yeah. on. And, uh, and I may mention that when we're talking specific, uh, specifically about strike and I yeah and how I so how the hardest part and 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 I I'm still close to it so I can remember how frustrating it was for me to build and I don't know that I have a really great strike setup I think Shy is a decent strike dog um, she strikes more than I'd like her to you know what I mean? like like there's there's definitely She's not gonna let me pass them too much. I can tell you that we're gonna pass. She's gonna. She's want to check out some stuff that we probably can't run. Um, but and I think I've heard you say it that the strike dog's born and not made. Absolutely. I I I think you can encourage a dog to become a you know a strike dog or or I can you can encourage a dog to strike. But the true strike dog, in my opinion, in my experience, I guess I should say, is that um is born and why what what makes you say that like what well you have a, a dog's in uh, mind yeah or? i i got a dog once and i think i mentioned this before in other podcasts if you heard him uh she's blue tick named sally um i bought her off a guy uh she was 
I'm two and a half, three years old when I bought her. Never was hunted hardly at all. Um, and uh, I put her on a few cat tracks in the snow. And anyways, that's a whole other topic. But anyway, getting her started. But um, uh, once she, once she, she liked cats and targeted cats over everything else. But um, you know, once once she beca- started becoming a good a cat dog, gearing and looking for cats. She loved the dog box to start out with, naturally. I mean, and rode the dog box with confidence to start out with, naturally, and just start striking. I mean, so when you say just, rode with confidence, you mean on top of the box, on top comfortable, of the box, not cowering, not, nope, not nervous? Nope, not, never cowered, never. Um, and the other thing that uh, I found interesting about her and other good strike dogs that I've had, um, I see a lot of dogs, and I've owned a lot of dogs that, put their feet on the rail and move around a lot. And, um, but I think my, the best of my cat strike dogs have found a, an area on the box, a spot on the box and stood on all four feet, um, attentively. And they just kind of found a little groove there in that, um, that's where they rode. And, um, that may have been back Pen- then. I, Penny's I, was backwards. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll get to that because that's quite <laughs> interesting. But, um, but, um, but I think they just kind of find a groove. And and keep in mind that maybe some of that was taught back then, um, just because I tethered back then, a hundred percent tethered. I didn't realize there was another way. And and you know that was right when I got Sally. That was right in the, you know when people started realizing that you can strike a cat, a bobcat from the rig on bare ground. I mean, it, I lived in a time where, and I was told um, by some old timers, you cannot, you can't rig bobcats from the, from the rig. You can't strike them. Bob, dogs don't strike them. You got to road dogs to start bobcat tracks or find them in the snow um, right. when there was snow. But, um, I lived in a time when I, and I was told that by old timers and some of that's, and that's the reason I say a lot of times is, you know, <clears throat> uh, I think the dogs have evolved some and, and they may have been right in their time. That may have been absolutely true. Um, but, um, but I think dogs have evolved some and they darn sure can strike a cat. I've done it and I've seen it done. And, and, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that it can be done in every region, in every corner of the U S cause I do think that there are some, uh, conditions that play into that as well, but anyways, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a, a hot topic. And, yeah, and the way I would address that, I guess, for me, is I think there's plenty of people who believe they're in one of those regions. I think there's more people who believe they're in one of those regions that um, I think you could than there are the not. I believe sense, so. You know? I believe I don't believe there are many regions that you couldn't yeah. with the right dog. And again, I, I've known a couple guys like Wyoming would be one that I would consider a fairly dry north. You know, it's it's, it's a ways away from the Pacific Northwest. Let's just say it's about damn in the middle of the U.S. And I know several hunters that that have had rig dogs that have gone over there. And, and my first question is, how how's your dogs doing? You know, they they show up and they have a box with a rig on it, and, and people over there don't even know what that box looks like. You know, what I mean, they're like, what is that thing? Hauling lumber, <laughs> goats, <Yeah. laughs> you know, prize goats. You yeah, my show goats. Anyways, and they said that they they absolutely have rigged cats. So, and that's just a few. You know, mm-hmm. so I I think 
And again, like I said, like I, you know, like I mentioned it, I was told you can't by, yeah. by my mentor, by the guy here. that I, that here, yeah, lived right here and, and several others uh, like him agreed. And, um, but I, you know, I've always been a little bit, uh, uh, oppositional about things like that, about being told anything, I guess. Can't do. Can't do. Yeah. And, and, uh, it didn't take me long to find someone, uh, um, that's, uh, showed me there's another way, Robin Powell being the guy, you know, he was yeah. like, you absolutely can, I've done it. And, and, uh, he was absolutely right. <laughs> right. So if, if, so with that said, let's, what would be your first, and you're in a unique situation cause you had to get out of dogs for a little bit for personal reasons. We're not going to get, get into that, but, um, you, you eventually will, will start back again. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's had, my life goal. Yep. Get yeah. my dog. Yeah. What do you think you would do? To start that, you know what I mean? Is, is, is you're going to go through it again. Yep. And so I wanted to take your perspective because you're going to have to start over. I don't think you're right. going to go buy, nope. Nope. you know, four finished dogs. Absolutely not. Right. And, and the dogs that I gave away that were finished, um, I'm not going to ask for them back. I honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to the, I'm not. We may edit that out. He may, he might. <laughs> <laughs> I might get a puppy out of them, but, um, but, uh, um, uh, they may give them back. They may make me take them <laughs> back. I don't know. Take this yeah. back, damn it! Um, but uh, I, I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the challenge, um, knowing what I know and ha uh, or having the experience that I have. I guess would probably be a better way to say it without trying to um, uh, having the experience that I have. I'm looking forward to the challenge of starting over again. I, I actually even thought about it t at times when. Um, when I had good packs of dogs, I was like, man, I wonder what it would be like to start over again with the technology that we have today and the, and the experience that I have. Right. You know, I've thought about that a lot and it's, cause it's, it's really easy to talk about it, uh -huh. but to do it is, you know what I mean? Like that's the part that I think a lot of the new guys, at least for me, whenever I was new or not even new, but I still couldn't do it. Like I would come and hunt with you and watch. And it's like, you make it look so easy. Like a, a guy that is trying to spit out um, advice and he's not humble about it. You know what I mean? If he doesn't, he, if he hasn't built it from the ground up and gone through the struggles, it, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, they just, I mean, you just got to go get a finished dog and, and that finished dog will teach this dog. And, and it's like, yeah, that's not exactly, I mean. Right. And, and it's not exactly, it's not that easy right. um, for one, I don't believe. and. Um, and I think that, uh, your pack will be as good as the dog that you bought. And that guy got rid of that dog for some reason. Right. And I mean, sometimes you'll, you'll get a superstar that'll come along and rise above quickly and, and, uh, but you might get one or two of them or three of them in a lifetime of those type of dogs. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'm 51 now. I've, I've probably had three now that, um, that have risen above. But, uh, but anyway, back to getting started, of course, um, picking a puppy is really, really important. And that's not the topic of this particular podcast, but I do think that that's a really good topic that we should yeah, touch gonna, on. Yeah, we're going to record that topic after this one. Okay. Um, so I don't know which one's coming first. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you, we'll get to you that. either heard so, this one yeah, or, or yeah. not. We'll, if not, go back to that one. If we do, listen yeah, on, but exactly. wait for the next one. But <clears throat> picking a puppy is really, really important. And again, especially... Um, if your desire to, uh, is to target bobcats and, 
um, and strike them. Which okay. so you got your puppy. Um, so do a so now I, topic, right. Just don't pick up. So puppy. I got my puppy. Um, I bring I bring it home. I I really, um, I really like having um, a phantom dog box. If I have a permanent mounted dog box, I like to have a dog box in the backyard, and um, and I like to get the dog. Even if I'll even build a ramp when they're too little to get up there on their own to jump up there. So, and I leave the doors open, I'll pin the doors open so they don't get locked in there, of course, when they're, if they're playing, you know, if I have a couple of them at a time, but, um, but I'll, I'll, and if I have one, I would, uh, I hide treats inside the dog box with the door open and, you know, throw it in the hole and let them go in there and find it. And, and, uh, that box is a place of recreation and they can climb up on it and I'll give them treats up there. And that's a lot of times, um, because it's, I, I've got kind of a stiff back and uh, it's just really um, uh, easy for me and convenient to put a rail on the th or put a, a ramp if I have to for a little gripper to get up and down on. I think it teaches them to, to you know, balance and walk logs too. I think it's kind of a um, two birds, one stone. The dog gets up there and, and you get up there and uh, you walk up there and pet them. They're at your height. You can get in their face and pet them and rub them and give them a treat or whatever it is you want to do, wrestle around with them. A dog, the box yeah. just becomes a very comfortable recreation place. And yeah. And, uh, I you know, and I, I actually, um, a lot of times my dog house, I feed them mm -hmm. on there. when they can jump up, you know what I mean? And so I feed them up on top. So they yep. learn to jump up yep. there and onto that box, and at that yeah. height where you can really yep. engage with yep. them. I think that's, I think that's a really good strategy also. Um, uh, but I just familiarity with the box. I think it's really, really important. And, consistently and like I say it's a toy you know it's a, that's where we go to play to, and uh um the dog just kind of understands that that's um a place of work and then um I get asked quite a bit you know about you know dog not tethering a dog and and uh you know training them to get up and stay on there and I I see some guys that have you know dogs that I consider probably wild get up on their pickup and get up. I don't, I have zero tolerance for that. It's so, but I was, uh, I want to talk about that because yeah. I hate that too, but yeah. I, uh, my dogs are, they do want to, they inch their way forward. Yep. And it frustrates, oh, yeah. it frustrates the heck out of me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. And, and yeah, um, I was going to, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, and, uh, so, and then eventually, you know, when they get a little bigger, I'll, um, then, uh, when I hit the door and I have a treat in my hand going out into the back, if they're loose out there, as soon as I start walking across the yard, I tell them up, 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 up. And I'm walking straight to the dog box. I'm not paying. I won't look at them. I don't, um, I don't give them absolutely zero attention. And this is when they're getting a little older where they can jump up there. The rails yeah. or the, the ramp's gone. Yeah. This isn't a 12, 12 week, 12 week. Yeah. yeah. Is they, We've played around the dog box. They know that they're comfortable up there. They know they're going to get a treat up there. They know it by now. Yeah. Um, and um, so I hit the back door, go out, go heading out back, um, and um, uh, walking towards dog box. And I'm telling them up, 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 up. I always that's my. Um, and there, I'll tell you why I do that too. But why I say it three times. But um, up, 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 walking towards the dog box, and. They jump up there, they get scrubbed on, they get their treat, and they're learning to get up. I mean, they're learning the strategies of of hunting before they can even, before I even rode them right. around the dog box. And then I'll start um, making them stay up there. You know, I'll walk away. They'll jump off. They'll want to come with me. 
I'll put them back up there. Up, up, up when I'm putting them back up. Up, up, up. Every time. Not, never do I put them on the box that I don't say up, up, up. Never. I mean, it's consistently up, up, up. You know, and even if I got to pick them up and put them on the box, I'm telling them that. Right. Um, and um, I tend to pick the wildest pup of the litter. I like that type of dog. I like those um, really uh, uh, active dogs. And so they tend to be a little harder, I think, yard break in some ways. But up, up, up on the box. And um, then I'll put them back up there. And then I'll start making them stay, holding them up there. And sometimes I'll even tether them on a, I'll put them on a check cord so that they have to stay up there. And I'll walk away from them a ways. And when I say ways, I mean a few feet. So I can even reach them. And, and then uh, I'll hold them up there and say, down. And I'll let them down. And I'll do that consistently. Because and this is still in the yard. I mean, still is- in the yard. Box is still laying on the, yeah. sitting on the ground. And, um, and so they've pretty much, by this time, they've, got, they've mastered up, up, up. I mean, um, you'll know you do because you'll open the back door and say, you don't hardly come out of your mouth. They know by the way you're walking. They know by the way that you hit the back door that what you're going to ask them to do, and they're up. So, I'm going to interrupt you here for a second, just because the podcast is not a monologue, but if you're sitting there thinking, I mean, because how much is your dog box? <laughs> I, I usually use a wooden one. Exactly. No. Get an old one, yeah. get something for build the house, one. build one. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be, be a functional. Right. It just be a exactly mock-up. Right. But exactly if you're thinking, right. you know, this doesn't have to be, you got to go buy. No. Nope. You know, if you want to go spend two, $3,000 or whatever, Don W, we, we'll sell you two. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we, I got we a number. Yeah. That. I'll figure that out. I'll you can use a doghouse like you're talking about. I think that's a great idea, yeah, too. Yeah, use a doghouse, do something. But I think that uh, a dog, a dog box that, that looks, looks like a dog. I mean, box. dog's not stupid. I yeah. mean, if it had, you know, has, to, I think that if you have, if you use rails, it should have rails. Yep. You know, yeah. Um, so you can you can build something that, that that is your yeah your yard one. If you don't want to go spend, you know, the way metal is and all that, so mm-hmm. I would build a, a a wooden box or something. Or you go get pallets and yeah, and and uh, OSB board and build a mock box. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. anyways, with, the, with that said, if you're thinking, it doesn't have to be like top-of-the-line dog no. box just to sit in your yard. Yeah. It would help, you know, because, I mean, I always, sure. I, I like two, so I got, I can throw one on the pig or whatever, but right. um, just right and and something. Right, and if you get a couple puppies at once, um, it don't take them long to chew dog box up, believe it or not. I mean, they get, because it, once they start learning to play around it, play it they'll chew it I mean, yeah. when you're yeah. not around. I, I mean, some people kennel their dogs all the time. My, my puppies spend a lot of time free in the backyard. Yeah. And, um, and I live kind of in a neighborhood, and I do live in a neighborhood, and it helps them be quiet. And I think they learn a lot, socialize a lot. Yeah. Um, but anyways. so we got the up, up, up. And so from that point, is that pup is starting to now the pup's going to go with you? Yeah, he's starting to road a little bit too by now, and and he's seeing um, he's seeing the other dogs when I'd say up, up, up. If I'm hunting with her, but this um, I think we should just kind of stick to one dog, and like I'm going to start out because I think that was. Um, you know, you got to kind of start with one dog. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so once that, this dog will be rodent by now, he'll be 14 weeks, 12, 14 weeks. And I'll rode him a little bit and try not to run over him or anything. And, um, it's helpful. Yeah, it is. So I found <laughs> out, um, uh, anyways, um, so he's starting to get up on the box, especially in the backyard. I hit the back door, he's getting up and, um, and so now I'm going to, I'm starting to teach him. And I'll probably tether him in the woods right now. 
um, while I'm driving around. And uh, just just for safety, I don't want him jumping off the box or, um, for you know, see a deer and jump off the side of the box or fall off the box and get hurt. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, those some of them will start riding the rail here, and um, I'll let them fall off. I keep short chain uh, uh, tethers on my. You're riding the rail, put the front feet on the top. Yeah, or, or on the side, or dancing around. You know, just how they do. Some, yep. you know, um, and especially if, I think if you've done a really good job of yard breaking them on the box, um, you know, they're really comfortable up there. Yep. But they're not used to it moving around. They're not used to yeah. <laughs> going through. <laughs> you know, taking the, a turn when they're <laughs> the woods in Pacific Northwest, or that piece of brush hitting them in the face, yeah. or you know, um, and um, so you know, there's some some learning for them to do. So I tether them. Um, I will tether this pup, uh, this young dog, as I start out, and uh, when he falls off or she, um, you, you gotta. I th- re- this is really really important to ple- to pay attention, pay very very close attention. Don't have you know. Uh, having your nose in the phone or whatever, no distractions. Yeah, don't um, jam out. Like you know, you want to really watch. You want to be focused on your dog. You do. Right? You do. Um, there's, I mean, there's a time when you are hunting and you've got it figured out. That you can just throw some music on and yeah, the dog will tell you. When you're training, that's not the time. That's to not the out. time. It's you really should pay be absolutely attentive to that dog, um, and um, because dog can get hurt or killed here. And, uh, you know, we don't know how many good of the best top cat dogs have been hurt or killed before their time. Yeah. And so it don't give you an opportunity. You may have missed the dog because you ran over it or it got jumped off the box and broke a leg young um, or hip or whatever. Anyways. So or you might I mean, I'm even even you might miss an opportunity by watching the body language of that pup if you're not paying attention absolutely. before they really and, know yeah, what to do. And we'll talk about. I, you know, that's really important to talk about, and um, uh, we, we we definitely want to talk about starting a track off the box without being vocal. Uh, yeah. And so, um, so I, it's really important to tether your dog, tether the dog on a short lead, make sure that it's short enough wherever you put it. I always tether, start my dog out on the driver's side um, because I can see good. I can see him in the mirrors good. Yeah. Um, and tether the short chain. You don't want the chain to be long enough that the dog, if and when it falls off, it can't get under that back tire. Yeah. You, you want it to be where it it hangs up. You want it to hang the dog there. But, um, I mean, that sounds terrible, but um, um, you want it to, um, you, uh, you want it to be short enough that um, that the dog doesn't get under that tire. That's super important. Right. Um, but you want it to hang them up. I mean, like I say, again, that's, um, but you don't want them to hang there and die, of course. Yeah. But let them hang up there a little bit. Jump out. Don't be angry. Don't um, push the dog back up on the box and say, up, up, up. Put the dog back on the box. Um, I've been angry. I've made that mistake and, and had dogs that were shyer. From it, yeah. from, and and uh, that's a lot of lessons learned really fast, and it's really probably pretty dang scary for a pup, I'd imagine, yeah. to hang there on the side of that dog box, and then to have their their trainer, their handler, jump out angry and and uh, scolding, and yeah, they already learned a lesson. There, there, there. There's a lot going on. You know, um, not 
not on the hanging, you know, so if, if a dog gets in between my box, so talking about dogs uh, riding the rail or whatever, if they slip off and they fall in between the cab and the box, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just keep going. I just, I'll let them sit in there, sitting there in front of my, you know, trying to figure out how to get back on the yeah. box. Yeah. Just, that's yeah. a time when they're like, hey, 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 I need some help here. Anytime <laughs> you're training a hound, um, anytime that you can capitalize on natural consequences, yeah. you, I'm sure you've uh, heard me say this a million times, um, anytime you can capitalize on natural consequences and take the handler factor out of the training and just let natural consequences <laughs> fall in place, you you have made strides. <laughs> you have made strides. I mean, I, I don't know if it's Dell. I don't know what it was. They'll fall in between that crack, and it's uncomfortable. You know, I got stuff down there, and, and you can tell they're looking at me like, "Hey, can you stop giving me a hand?" And I'm just pretend like I don't even know what's going on. Like, yeah, asshole! When I fell off the side, you helped me. Where, exactly. where are you at now? Yeah, I was like, I thought you was here to help me. I'm like, no, there's a difference between death and, and uncomfortable. Yeah, and uncomfortable. Natural I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay yeah. with uncomfortable. Yeah, and I really love it when a dog strikes when another dog's in that position. Oh. <laughs> I was really trying to get out of there. <laughs> like a fish in there, I suppose. <laughs> that would be funny. I would, oh, yeah, I'd get a kick out of that. Yes. I'm going to hell for laughing yeah. sometimes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, let's, um, let's keep on here. But uh, uh, anyway, so um, it's it's. I think it's really important, again, not to be angry at the dog for um, for hanging itself or yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, expect, in, in, in any situation, if you can get away with it, like – they had their consequence. You got to understand right. they've had a consequence already. Yep. You being angry is not a helpful consequence. Well, uh, yeah, I think you can go backwards if you get angry at this point. Yeah. Um, and it depends on the dog. I've had dogs that do that two or three times and then I get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Then I scold them. Then I'm not so sweet about putting them back up. They know what they're. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so it gives them one more reason not to screw up. Yeah. yeah. But that's graduating consequences. And I think that's <laughs> important in dog training to, too, is to graduate consequences, especially with young dogs. And so, so now you have your dog and he's learning to ride and, and, uh, um, the dog box and, and he's learned that lesson, you know, not hopefully not to, you know, ride the rails and fall off. Dogs just get good feed on the box. You yeah. know, some do, some don't, but, um, but for the most part, if you, I think if you're doing a good job of yard breaking, they, they eventually get, uh, they get their feet on the box and, uh, and for long, you 40 miles an hour and them babies are just right there with you. You yeah. know, I mean, never fall. They're off. watching the road. Make right. The turns, yeah. I you guess. can start, you can see them leaning before you come into the turn. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, you know, and then, uh, of course you have two or three pups on a box and. It's important then to tether them away from each other, yeah, so that they're not knocking each other off. Because mm-hmm. then you can undo a lot of yard breaking really fast in a young dog. If you have one dog, that's a natural consequence knocking the other dog off. Yeah, and so you're untraining your dog then. Um, so, so they're comfortable up there. What about now? So now let's get into the next phase, which would be now we're ready for them to because everybody wants. I mean, and that's, I guess, why we're, we're starting here is because everybody wants the end result, which is sure. just throw a dog on it. That's a long ways away. Man, yeah. you, you got to remember that there's, when you see that, when you see that guy doing that, there's a lot of steps behind that years sometimes. Yeah. You know, like I, I'd, I'd say for me, four or five years 
um i had dogs that would whine i had you know what i mean like yeah it, it was like off i just couldn't quite find that pulse mm-hmm. and some of that you know some of the whine is is has nothing that's some some of that has nothing to do with the dog it has something to, it's us yeah and what our preference is and we don't want to listen to that and then it's yeah. time to turn the music on i guess um but fortunately for me i have high frequency hearing loss really bad i mean i had a uh um explosion deal happened when i was probably 18 mm-hmm. 17 and so i have I ride with people and they're like, that dog's sure whiny. God, I think you drive me nuts, dog. And I'm like, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'm like, what dog is it? It's the red one. There's three of them up there. (laughs) But um, so so I guess if if whining dog bothers you, then uh, maybe blow yourself up once and see if that helps. (laughs) Take some hearing out. We definitely fix the problem. Yeah. Um, So you're saying the problem is probably, it could be me or I just don't have the right dog for me. Right, absolutely. You know I mean? Again, like, that goes back to picking the pup. Um, you know, if uh, you, you, know, you, you ride and I can, it. I can attest. Copper drive me freaking nuts. And and now, I'd either ignore it. Right. You know what I mean? Like she's a damn nice dog that I want to keep her. Right. And so I'm like, well, this is what I got to put up with. I, right. I, I was not yep. able to. Maybe I don't think I could still to this day. She was so excited to try to find that track that. And she'd, she'd start whining into a bump and, you know, and it was not good, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the experience, number one. But um, as I grow older, I'm like, you know what? I'd put up with that now to, for the other things that she would do. Right. You know what I would do with a dog like that? What's that? I'd put that thing on the ground and I'd take off and I'd pick that dog up about a mile and a half down the road. Right. Of a dead run. I'd, put, <laughs> I'd take some battery charge off that dog. Yeah. And let that dog, every time that dog started whining down i'd get it down not angrily not just get the dog down jump my pickup i'm out and make that dog run right i'd start out maybe a half a mile then i'd go a mile next time and eventually you're gonna wear some of that battery off that dog and yeah it's gonna calm down up there <laughs> yeah gonna be tired up there that's okay that's okay a dog with that kind of energy isn't gonna have any trouble keeping up i mean we're cat hunting not bear hunting right you know it right. might not be the case if i was bear hunting and i was gonna put a dog in on a you know 15 mile race you know right um that might not be the best strategy, but um, but for cat hunting, what we do, uh, you know, that's what I would do. Whether it works or not, I don't know. I, I mean, well, I've had dogs that would strike everything in the freaking country, and I, I'd stri- when she got down, um, I could tell. I mean, I could tell within short order <laughs> whether we were going to start a track on that or not. Right. And <clears throat> if not, I'd take off, and uh, she'd have to run a mile. And then up she go, and we do it again. And uh, those I, dogs get smart; they learn. They like, learn I, natural I, consequences. I dogs, are, yeah. The dogs that hear my motor and they're like, "Oh shit!" You're right. <laughs> I better, I better yeah, get up. Their head throws up, and they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah. Dang it! Yeah. I screwed up. I got to eat dust for a mile, you know. But and two things: you get a dog that's in fantastic shape, and <laughs> that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. And uh, two, you know, you start breaking them from. Uh, deterring them, I think would probably. Be- I think a couple things you 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 wear them down a little bit, mm-hmm. so they're a little better positioned to to learn Absolutely. if they're that high strung. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're running in the very beginning, yeah, it's like some of that. It's like man, that first day may only be just natural consequences wearing them down. Yeah, um, and you know they they're learning that if you know they want to get down and bark on a coyote track or a coyote whatever. 
Dang, I gotta run a mile after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, they kind of. What, what happens next? I'll, I guess we'll skip the stories. They'll, they'll bark, but then they don't get off. Right. <laughs> like, right. oh wait, wait, wait <laughs> yeah. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. And <laughs> I've created some of those nightmares myself, as far as, um, you know, not tethering dogs, and then, you know, training my dogs up, 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 and then, um, actually, I guess what I actually when I say when, I I have dogs that especially in my, my, my last pack of dogs that would strike a track and stand on the box until I tell them, okay. Really? And they would get down. And uh, they were really, really well disciplined. And um, <clears throat> and then I had, and that was just a pendulum swing from, um, from mistakes or, you know, um, from dogs that would not, weren't vocal and they would get down. They would down leave without the, barking. Yeah, they would leave the dog box and I would, I, you'd have to pay attention because you look back there and you don't have any dogs. dogs. Yeah. Like, oh, and then you look in the garment and they're leaving. They're they're gone. They're <laughs> they're burning out. Of they're there. burning out of there. And yeah. um, so so then I kind of started. I swung the pendulum to teach my dogs to only get down when I told them to. And um, and so uh, then they would bark and then I have to tell them to get down. Which I actually kind of I think that in that would probably be my end goal again when I get back to doing it is that get down when I tell them to. Um, and um, so, you know, I, I, I think I enjoyed that the best. Yeah. Um, well, let's get going. Like this before we get like, let's go. I, I distracted you. I'm that's not right. blaming you, but so let's go back to, okay. So we're riding the, we're, we've gotten some national consequences if they do something bad, you know what I mean? So how do we start engaging them into the, the str- if and here's the here's the big question: Are they going to? If they're going to, are you going to train it? I mean, this is the whole. That's that's that is very difficult. I think to answer that, um, I think you can encourage a dog. As, I, I again, I believe that um, strike dogs, true true strike dogs, are born, not made. However, I do believe you can encourage dogs to strike. Right. Um, and will they become an excellent strike dog? I, that probably depends on how much opportunity they're given, but. Um, but so now your dog's safely riding the box. It, this is, this is the hardest part. And, um, you know, there, there are some strategy, strategies that you could use. Uh, if you're, if you put the dog on some, uh, uh, training sense as a pup and use that as a, a means of, um, exercising the dog in, in, uh, trailing, um, and t- so done some drags or something. Yeah, you've done some drags or things like that. There's some you could help yourself here, probably. Yeah, and, and there's some other ways you could help yourself that we probably, you know, that are just amongst us houndsmen yeah. that we probably wouldn't uh, share the world. Um, but uh, and even those those strategies you can do in a way that's not, uh, in my opinion, not uh, harmful to any any animal. Yeah. But yeah, um, but. Uh, um, I think that then you can, um, and you know, in, in retrospect and talking about this topic, um, when I, you know, I think that honestly, I think that the first time that Sally struck off the box, I, for some reason, I want to, I feel like it was, um, on scent on a scented piece of bobcat hide that I had. And. You just put it somewhere. I put it somewhere and, and drove past it, 
and she struck it and then I encouraged her and <clears throat> from then on it was like she got it yeah she just got it and just one time so, and so it was you like, got your dog riding the, the riding the rail so now so, set it up if you yeah, can absolutely. do your best it's in a in a controlled as controlled as you can with the expectation and and this is like when he says it's difficult I, and I, I mean this like you have to understand that what you're trying to do you're not teaching a drug dog. You know what I mean? Like you, you probably ever can't be, you have to make that transition from setup to real life. And that's the, that's the hard part. So you're setting up, mm -hmm. not doing it too much. You don't want to go a hundred yards and just hammer that thing every time. You know what I mean? You may have right. to, for, as a pup, if you, if you have a younger, but then you got to go drive two miles and make a loop and come back by that thing or, or whatever. You know what right. I mean? Like you have to try to think about how are you going to set this up? Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, you might uh, make a few drags and you well make a drag. This would be like a training um, episode or opportunity. Go make a drag. Use a good use good scent that you've used in the past, if that's the strategy that you're using, um, and um, that you've used as a puppy um, with the puppy. Um, make a drag. You, I, and rode your dog across at first, the first few times, let, and let the dog make the trail, you know, make the track. Um, you know, if you're treeing the, the hide, put it in a tree. If you're not, um, leave it on the ground and go with your dog. And when they find the, the hide, pet them up good, reward them, you know, let them know, you know, get really excited about the fact that they found it, you know, get really excited because that's the end goal. And, and, uh, you know, your excitement is, you know, your dog reads that and, and that's what you really want. That's what you really want. You know, that's a good dog. That's a good dog. And, and, um, but don't get discouraged if they don't do it the first few times. Um, and, um, the hard part like that, that's so, a really difficult thing. Cause I can remember back then you drive by it and they don't bark. Yep. And you're like, Oh, and it's frustrating because mm -hmm. you're like, I just, and so you're, yeah, I, but I, I think that really important that you so road them across so, it a few so times. So what happens? So they're successful at roading across it and trailing it, and yeah, they know that that's what. And then so, tether so them, road up them there. first. Yeah, to, so, so they know that that's. So you put them on the rig, and then and then they drive by it. Drive by, and they do nothing. Maybe they, you know, maybe they start to smell. You can see them smell. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, drive on. Just and drive on. Drive on. Yeah. And go hunt and go road and go do go do stuff for the go day. do stuff. Others find another training, teach them to come, or you know, go for a walk, or whatever. You know, take them to the pond and, and let them swim. And and uh, I would probably not do that right away. I would make them ride on the box for a while. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Absolutely. they pass yeah. their opportunity. Yeah, right. You know, so so if, if we, we you kind of want them to to let you know when when you're passing opportunities. They don't want to pass too many opportunities if if you right. if you're trying to set it up that way, um, you know. And I've I've kind of just thinking about it. I've watched you. If a dog doesn't go on a race, you know, I watch you throw it in the dog box. Yeah, like, yep, yep. here you go. You close the dog box up. You missed your opportunity for the day to go yep. out. Absolutely, and, so, and 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 that's a good point too. I, um, so this is just starting out. I would go yep. on and do another training, but as we got a little older uh, yeah if if i could rode a dog across it and they're just bam it's just so easy for the dog and yep. and they're clearly enthusiastic about you know making that trail 
um, then, and they don't strike it, um, absolutely, I'll put a dog in the box and go home. Done. We're done for today. Go home, kennel them up. We're done for today. That's it. That's all. That's all we're doing today. After they did a good job. After they didn't. If I oh, drove, they drove, didn't. Yep. If I okay. drove past a, a scent drag that I made, um, and they, they did didn't nothing. do what you wanted. Yep. Yeah. I just put them in the box and go home. We'll try again tomorrow. Right. And um, and eventually they get to where they're like, this sucks. I want to get off and do stuff. And then we're, I want to trail that. And yeah. I want to trail it really bad. And so, Well, they want you to be happy too. Yeah. Like they realize that. Yeah. That, and then the other thing. So if, so if you've done that a couple of times and they're still not, um, not striking it, um, get out of the pickup and take the track yourself, run off and leave them tethered on the box <laughs> and let them sit up there and bark their, <laughs> bark your bark at the tree, let them bark. As soon as they bark, go back and t- untether them. If you have somebody with you, yeah, you jump off the box, you jump out of the pickup and take off and, uh, you know, on the track. And if there's somebody with you, the social sit- aspect of being a dog in Don's pack. <laughs> as soon as you, as soon as you open, as soon as you bark. You do what I want you to do, yeah. then have that person, don't say nothing. I tell that person to not say nothing. No not, good boy, no nothing. Nothing. Just- nothing. As soon as that dog opens, untether it and let him come. And um, they'll, they should. I mean, if you pick your pup right, I think they should get, yeah. you know, up, you know, and, uh, uh, and finish a track. Let them finish the track and pet them up and go home. Yeah. And, I uh, like it. Do that a few times and see if that strategy works. <laughs> but I'm works. also twisted, Don. Just, yeah. Because mentally I'm thinking the dog's like, oh my God, he took off the hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Torture, I'm sure. I want to go with him. <laughs> yeah. And they kill him with kindness. Right. And so, um, mm. and so I, I think that, again, um, the natural box dog would have. The same thing. And I would, I would, if you have a dog that does strike and go, um, I've held dogs back. And, and I've watched you hold dogs back that don't bark, like, you know, leaving. So you got a young dog. Mm-hmm. So if you're not just working one dog, let's say you got two, you got the strike and you got that young pup that's just going along. Don't untether it until it's doing what you want it to do. Yeah. It, you know? and, and, and I think too, that, um, I, I'll, I'll make the dog calm down a little bit before yeah. I'll turn him out, <clears throat> you know, let him off because you, I, I've had. The majority of them will go absolutely bananas up there. Yeah. Um, until I get them to calm down enough that um, you're not fighting. Right. I don't want them to leave the side of the dog box. Yeah. I don't want them jumping off that top rail. And if you turn them off and they're too excited, uh, they can jump off the side of that rail, jump right in front themselves. of another rig, break their leg. I mean, a thousand things. You don't want them leaving the side of the box. I want them yeah. leaving the back. And, um, and, and then I, you know, like I mentioned, I, I think my end goal will be um, to leave the box when I tell them. So I may sit up there with them and calm them down, untether them, and say okay, and then let them go. Yeah. And so they'll start getting that that portion of of the hunt. But um, and I know there are guys that hunt a lot more dogs too than I do. You know, I I only like to hunt four or five dogs at a time. I like to hunt three is my favorite, but um, I, oftentimes I have four, but four or five. But, and so I, that makes that task really difficult. Um, right. So, um, so that's sometimes probably not feasible for some people, but that's just how I do it. Right. How with, I prefer. With three or four dogs, you have a My style, yeah. Than, than eight dogs. Right. Yeah. See, that would be, that'd be really tough. The dogs start getting outnumbered. Yeah. Yeah. Then you, you would be the one that was wore down. The yeah. dogs would still be ready to roll. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think that, um, 
that uh, you know strike, and you can encourage them by doing that. Okay. So the next thing, I timing is really important. You know their age. You know, depending on where you live, you may not ever get any snow. I don't, you know, but here in the Pacific Northwest, you can count on some snow in some of the higher elevations every year. And uh, then I'll start rigging my dog, boxing my dog around cat tracks in snow. <clears throat> and now you pretty much, um, you don't drive around and look for a track. You, you, your dogs are hunting. If you're hunting, your dogs are hunting. Right. Would you say that's a, a fair statement? Absolutely. So Absolutely. even if there's snow. You're kind of. Those there are maybe some situations that that maybe you know, but for the most part, your dogs will pick up tracks that you don't see sometimes. Absolutely, sometimes you'll pick up tracks that they don't smell. Absolutely, you know, it's, yeah, it's and a that's partnership. all that condition and you know timing of the track, how old the track is, and whatnot, and um, but especially young dogs, I'll hunt them the same in the snow as I would on bare ground. Right, I would box them. You know, um, as long as it's not snowing sideways in their face and it's miserable for them. Right. But, um, but. Cause uh, then that's a natural consequence. Yeah. It? Then you're untrained, you're doing some untraining, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I think that snow is a really good opportunity. Some people would probably strongly disagree with that. So they just hate the snow or whatever. And, and that's, again, that's just, that's just, um, strategy and style. But right. I think that, um, you know, snows are really good opportunities for, to, for somebody who has a, a, a running pack, yeah, I, you could. It's easy to sit back and be like, "Oh, I hate the snow, whatever." But for somebody yeah. new, like, take advantage of that. Absolutely, do you know what I mean? Like, those are yes, you can do it without snow if you if you do X Y Z. But sometimes people forget. It's like you're you're kind of privileged in the fact that you have dogs that strike. You can go out and start a cat, and when you're in that boat, if you're in that pickup truck, then. I really just caution you to to just throw shade to some of these young guys or new guys that's like, oh, yeah, the snow, I hate the snow. It's just not, because that may be all they have, you know what I mean? Sometimes. That's their opportunity to train yeah. that young dog. And, and, and I think this, you know, um, I encourage folks to absolutely to go with, you go hunt with uh, other successful hunters from mm -hmm. your region. Um, but um, understand that that guy got there through, trial and error or you know some of them paid a lot of money to get finished dogs and that's okay too it's, yeah. it's, but um but he got there somehow and um and he's making it look easy if you're hunting with the right guy yeah. anyway and uh but he got it was strat it was a struggle for him to get there and yeah. either financially right or time or there was yeah. some commitment that he yeah, had absolutely. to give up to <laughs> yeah he there. gave up something <laughs> he gave up something there. i don't know what it was yeah <laughs> and and one i don't think is any better than the other no nope, uh, no nope. that's how he got there and that's that's between him and his dog and his wife probably yeah um and his retirement plan but um but uh um or lack of <laughs> right yeah um anyways uh those opportunities it's it's i think it's really yeah, so you would take it and do that dog the same when you can when you can see yeah the when ground, you can see the track you can read tracks and you yeah. can actually see what's going on absolutely yeah and uh, um, encourage your dog you see you come across a cat track and you I mean if you've been in the Pacific Northwest you know how to read tracks pretty good and you should and if not then um, you know it don't take much practice but you can get to where you know a good track from a bad one and. Uh, <clears throat> start, leave the dog in the box. Same deal. Kind of get out and 
look at the track and start walking the track a little bit, that dog's going to not like that. Yeah. Um, anytime he knows because the work you've done prior, anytime you're leaving the road like that, something's up. Yeah. And uh, they're reading your body language the whole time. Um, as soon as you, as soon as they vocalize, unsnap them if that's you know your. And, and so, um, think about what I just think about what you just said. We're running this podcast longer than we already wanted, but body language. Huge. I, I can. So I'm just thinking two scenarios. One scenario, you would want to be really excited. It's a cat track. Mm-hmm. Overexcited. You know, your body language would want to be like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it was you're going to do. And then, and then later in your training, you may want to be flatlined Calm as possible. Down. Absolutely. Like, like, get out on a coyote track, and, and the dogs could not tell if you're looking at a coyote track or, you know, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. ahead. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So when you're in, you're in your training moment, I want you to just think about how you want, what you want your body language to forecast in that Absolutely. moment because it may be different later you know right now well you're just trying to get a bobcat started so you want them to know this is good yep you yep. know what i mean but then later i would caution you to be like once that dog knows what's good now you want to pull yourself out of the yeah the deciding factor of yeah. what we what <laughs> what what's good and what's bad because yeah you, you again you can do a lot of untraining really fast <laughs> i mean yeah. um that that's you know that's kind of the theme of all hound training. so in the beginning what kind of body language would you try i think to- i think just initially because i've done the groundwork i've got out of the pickup there are striking a scent trail or whatever opportunity strategy i'm using to get the dog started to encouraging the dog to strike um whatever i ended off with um if i was in and off if i ended that strategy with i'm getting out of the pickup calmly um I'm even taking a deep breath before I even start because I know I, um, I know my own self. I mean, I want to catch cats. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. And, oh, yeah. and I'm going to get, I mean, you, I know you've seen my body language <laughs> when you've hunted with me be like, Oh, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. He's getting out of the pick. I mean, I get out of the pickup by the time my boots hit the ground. Um, you know, you've hunted with me enough to know that, up, you better start getting some dogs ready because this is a good one. Yeah, yeah. And my dogs know that before you did. Yeah. And so I've had to take deep breath and get out of the pickup and go, but, and, you know, not have a really good idea if I'm looking at a coyote track or a cat track yet for because of the snow conditions or whatever. And, um, and, uh, but get out of the pickup, whatever, str- whatever you ended with, with drags and that, that's how I would get out of the pickup. If you're getting out of the pickup calmly and looking at the track, um and checking it waiting for the dog to bark yeah you know start walking it you probably won't get far if you've done your your ground your yard breaking well um you won't get very far and they'll vocalize you let them off um and then uh um you know by then i would probably i'd be at that point with that dog that i'm getting pretty close to um i'd be getting pretty close to giving the dog permission to get off the box i'd done it enough that okay you know you can come work this track or yeah um and um but not before they vocalize yeah um and uh you know I think and so that would be to start getting them on the the edge of that yeah we're breaking them over from and then from uh train just just training scent training or whatever yeah. so using your natural. body language using space you know, to get away from the truck or get out of sight or, yeah, what, you know what I mean? Like those dogs are watching. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you, 
don't watch them, but out of the corner of your eye, those yeah. dogs are going to be so intent on what you're doing. What oh, you're, yeah. I mean, they're going to be focused on you. Absolutely. And uh, Absolutely. So, so those are some really good tips, and those I think, And those, too, and this starts playing into, this This takes you kind of, t- you're starting to move towards breaking the dog now, too. Uh, when you do cut, cut that coyote track, you know it's a coyote track. Yeah. And you get out of the pickup, and you look at it. They know the coyote. They're smelling it. If you got a dog that's, you know, you find a hot coyote track in this country, a lot of these you can find a hot bobcat track. But um, when you get out and look at it, and you do nothing but get back in the truck and drive off, or yeah. you say, ah, we don't want that one. Ah. Yeah. You know, you give them some kind of a... Um, yeah, they're not ready to be trash broke yet. No, not quite, not ready, I don't you know, think. I you know, wouldn't. But, but you're discouraging them from... Yeah, you're letting them know, hey, he yeah, passed that one. He yeah, we like don't... That. Yeah, we don't do that one. He didn't like and, it. Uh, eventually, there's a time when, when you're going to get out and go, I don't know, you yeah. let a dog out to check it. <laughs> I've had dogs that I considered naturally broke or really close to it. Yeah. Naturally, just, they were just naturally what I can, I could call them naturally broke, but they weren't. The, the, the fact of the matter is they, they learned very early on through good ground yard training that, that we don't mess with those. Yeah. We don't, they just, they learn somewhere. Somehow. Somehow you taught them or the pack taught them, depending on how you're, that that's not it's not a target game that's not what we're after and when you're doing that you're um you're hitting you're cues. becoming a very you're becoming what i would consider a top handler yeah you're in tune you're really yeah. it's it's and i wasn't there in the beginning like i can i can honestly say hopefully i'm there a lot better now like i i would like to think i am but i'm not i don't whatever i'm i'm thinking about it all the time too but those are the steps that a lot of people don't pay attention to. Yeah. Those are opportunities and you don't want to pass on those. Just, I mean, yeah. Um, and so again, it's easy to drive by that Bobcat track or that coyote track and go and just keep running and driving. Yep. But that's an opportunity to go get yeah. out of the truck, look at it, like look at it and look at your dog and go, no, ah. give him some kind of, nope, that's not what yep. we're looking for. And get back in the truck and drive on. And especially if the dog vocalizes on it, um, yeah, you know, you, uh, you definitely then want to, you know, scold the dog, but not overly, you know, it, don't make the mistake that, that I've made. I, I encourage you not to make this mistake. Um, you know, the dog, dog struck it and I turned out on it and fried him for it. You know, that it's, you're not there with this dog. Yeah. You know, I'm not there. Take with your that. time. Yeah. I, I'm not quite there with that dog because. I'm just training. I'm just now getting them to, to strike. And now I'm going to go backwards, you know, three months by going ahead and letting them do the one thing that I don't want them to do. Well, they did one thing you want them to do, just not on the right, right scenario. And the dog, what the dog don't know is, did they get corrected for striking and getting off the box, running the coyote, or for going 100 yards on that track, you know, um, or 50 yards? I've or check. They may not even got. They may not even fully committed. Right. I've they may just guys be off. They get down on it and they Abs. nap them as soon as they put their nose in it. It's like you're not. Yeah. They haven't like, even haven't committed to the track. Right. They, they might have been like, I just want to see if this is a cat or not, and right. you're already before they can make their own decision. So I, yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing I've done. I put boot and mouth when I've went to go correct on a dog, and guess what? <laughs> Three more feet. In the down the hill there, there's a freaking cat track. My old dogs are going. I'm fixing to fry everybody. Yeah. I get down there and guess what? There's a cat track there. Yeah. You know yep. that dog did everything I wanted it to do, and here so I'm take thinking, your time on I'm, the, yeah. I'm that thinking this breaking. this puppy, this puppy encouraged got my I got everybody running this this yeah. coyote track, 
I get down there and I'm like, ah, well, that, you know, that's not true. <laughs> um, so just um, when there are opportunities to make sure to that you're not the fool, um, take them. Yeah. Take them because you can go backwards a long ways really fast. So, so that's still the train start. So now you're driving down the road. So those are, I think, really some really excellent training tips or whatever. And so you're, whether you're setting up or whatever, you're driving down the road and the dog barks. Or hopefully. I mean, that's what right. you're, it may not ever, it may, right. like you, that's the hard part. But but you get that whine or you get that dog that Strike. it's got yeah. its nose sticking so far out of the side of the pickup truck. You can, they're giving you the language that something's up. Yeah, they're, they're like, you know, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they're smelling something and trying to stick their neck out as far as they can to, to what, what would you do? Well, I, I, it's, it's time to start putting them out. I mean, it's time to let them run it. And, uh, so, so if they, if they bark. Yeah, I would, uh, I would let stop. them. Yep. I'd stop and let them, let them off. Um, depending on where you're at, if you're a tether person or if you're not a tether person, yeah. um, okay, get off the box or down. Um, and, uh, um, but don't go with them. Let them, let them, if, if, if you're on, if you're on bare ground and you don't know, for sure, if it's a bobcat track or off game, um, I don't go with them. Stand close to your pickup, or even get back in your pickup, and let them do the work. Let them yeah. commit, um, and let them run it. I mean, you can't if if they go a hundred yards and you find you know start looking for tracks. As soon as they leave, get you know, kind of out of sight. It kind of depends on the dog. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, look for tracks if you got some dust. If you got a bank. If you got somewhere to look for a track but don't commit for them because you can you can commit them to a coyote track really yeah. easy and you don't want to do that so um it's got to be this know, is the dance I mean, this, this is this is, this is, is the, the dance this is the this is where everything starts getting rough yeah and um you know what so we're at this this transition between training and uh i think like a knife edge you know we're trying to cross over that edge to get to hunting you know what i mean so now we're we may be setting up drags we may be setting up snow can you know what i mean looking at tracks in the snow or whatever now we're wanting the dog to give us the cues and we're going to try and transition between letting the dog decide where you know what i mean that and it's man it's a dance it's a dance it's it's the it's it's where this gets discouraging for folks that don't have their heart in it right um you know and the mistakes, any mistakes you made in, in what I consider the yard breaking, which pretty much all we've talked about to me is yard breaking. Easy to recover. Yeah. Uh, you just go back and, and you know, I mean, you can, you can go you back can unwind. to, it's easy to, it's easy to go back a month. It's easy to yeah. go back to, it's easy to screw up. Um, and, and that's the discouraging part. That's because the, you can just set it back up. You can set up and start over. And that's, that's the thing you got to remember when you screw up. Go back to what you know. Go yep. back to it and start again. Um, Jared talks about that in Bird Dogs, where he wants a foundation. He goes step, step, absolutely. step. Absolutely. Because if he messes up here, he can go back a step. Absolutely, absolutely. And we can, we, you know, the the Bird Dog guys have a ton of my respect because one, how well they bred dogs. Yeah. Um, they've done a fantastic job of breeding dogs. Um, and two, you know, their training strategies, but. Their hunts are primarily all controlled. Well, not controlled, but all within eyesight. Yeah. Where our dog's going to hit in the, in the Pacific Northwest, that dog leaves the road. You may not see it again, maybe for two days. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hopefully not, but 
Um, but there are times, I mean, and, uh, and this is where you got to do your diligence and be, this is where technology has helped us a lot too. Your dog starts a track and he's trailing across a mountain and he's heading towards, you know, uh, towards Sandy Creek. You can get over there and here's another opportunity to find a track on the bank. Or you may even sit there and see the game cross the road. You know, there's opportunities then to, um, to stop the dog. And initially, um, you know, let's worst case scenario, which is the most likely scenario is that, uh, it's running a deer or, or a coyote, um, some kind of off game. It's just, I don't know, it's just the way it is. And, uh, um, when they cross the road and you've identified that it's off game, um, don't go frying the dog. I, I encourage you to not go frying the dog. Now's not the time, especially yeah. if it's their first time, you know, um, time to pick the dog up, scald it, put it in the dog box, um, go home. If it, if it, if it's made, if it frustrated you, absolutely go home. Absolutely go home now. Um, if, if you, if you're really a determined type person, um, scold the dog, put it in the dog box, drive down the road three miles, maybe road the dog some again, kind of start the whole reset. hunt. Yep. Start the whole hunt over again and try again. And, uh, chances are you're going to run another one. I mean, this, you don't. You can't push that brake too quick. That's a whole nother topic again. But, um, but making that transition is um, capitalizing on every opportunity, every opportunity to um, to correct the dog for off game. Which there's going to be a way far more opportunities to correct a dog than there are to to uh, encourage the dog or um, positively enforce the dog. Usually, you, you know. Unless you live in a place that has a ton of bobcats, which I don't, um, it's going to be a lot more opportunities to, like I say, to correct. So, but you got to capitalize on those too. But um, I just encourage folks to slow the break down. Don't try to break them overnight. Um, it didn't, you know, the old timer down the road didn't break his first dogs overnight. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it you're in this for a long game. Like that's if, right. If you don't look at it from, you got. There are so many failures. Yeah, and not don't don't call them. Fa- I I encourage it. I try. I don't even tell myself they're failures. Those were opportunities. Yeah. How well did I capitalize on that? That's what you always got to ask yourself. I caught caught him running a coyote. I caught her running a coyote. It was her first coyote. I scalded her, um, loaded her up, and we went and did reset. I didn't. Um, I didn't fry her. You know. I didn't. Uh, you know. I, I What I don't want to do is. And I've, this is a mistake I hear, I see a lot is, uh, and hear a lot is, uh, I took a deer track, went 100 yards up there, I fried her back to the rig. Uh, have you done anything else other than that? I mean, yeah. What did you teach her that day? Yeah, yeah. And that's a whole other topic again. Yeah. We'll stay on the on the on the boxing on the on the boxing. And I and I, you're there. You're you're where. Yeah, you got. You're well, where. I guess you're what we're, take we're saying is there's a ton of things coming together right at this moment. Yeah. That it's not just rigging. Like right. it, it, yeah, and that's the hard part when you th- when we think about it and like unwind everything. It's like, oh man, there's trash. There's all these. It, it's a really difficult task. Oh, this yes. whole thing to to do is like, yeah. And so whenever if you're the new kid or, or you know been trying for several years and you're still struggling, like that's normal. Like, yep. That's what you're I've known guys. I've known guys that known have, that have born in a dog box, um, own hounds for forty years or more. And still can't train a dog. Yeah. You couldn't. You couldn't. If you gave him a good dog, they'd screw it up. 
Yeah. Um, and so, um, just because it's, I mean, I absolutely don't want to take away from the old timers, but just remember there are old timers out there that are still struggling. There's old timers out there that can't train a dog too. Yeah. Um, and you know, I sometimes wonder why they still do it, but it's none of my business why they still do it. It's so their, they, get so, it's, I, they love it. And that's good. Because I, okay. I love the challenge, John. I'm just yeah. telling you right yeah. now for my answer. I'd be, like, be like, you're talking about me, I think. No. 20 years, I'd be like, I, I just love the challenge, John. Yeah. And um, that might be me. You know, that might be me on my next podcast. You'd be like, well, what, how'd it go, Don? Well, I don't want to talk about it. I don't it, want but, to talk about it. Um, so, um, I got notes here as we start to wrap up. Starting a track off the box, and I think this is kind of where we're, where we're at right now, is, mm-hmm. is you're on this knife edge. I mean- with dog barks, what are you gonna do? Yeah, just you're just gonna turn it off and don't encourage the dog to to take the track and don't discourage it um, unless don't you're on the snow and you can bark. Ide- I mean, yeah, it, it, on the encourage, don't 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 start walking out the track the direction your dog's going. If your dog's starting trying to make a tr- make a track off the road to the left, go to the bank on the right and mind your own business. Right. Try to find a track. Try to verify what what you're doing, but. Um, don't go back to what you were doing where you were walking the track. And oh, so don't don't let the dog cue that you th- you've approved this track already. Yeah. You don't want to if you or the training of you using that opportunity where you walked out of track, she's going to Exactly. she's going to be like, "Yeah, we're here." Cuz that, that, right. that is probably trying to read you right now. That's exactly right. That's what I'm saying is um don't approve the track. And I guess that's what I missed saying when um when you when you walk that track or you walk that drag and encourage them, you're approving that track for them. Yeah. And, and so you don't want to approve that track until you know what so, it is. So if I backed up just a little bit for somebody thinking and taking notes mm-hmm. is at the end of your training session, you should probably be thinking about that step. Absolutely. That, that, that you don't, do you make the dog take the track not you approving so exactly while you're still in the training scenario it may be good to to check that box off that says hey i know where the cat i know where the the, yep the dog took it yep dog took the track when i turned it off during training without me approving the track but the dog yeah because you know where it is yeah you may it's it's just like is that all saying like don't look up on a tree when you get to a tree like yeah unless if the dog's not treeing I want to be really careful about looking for the cat. Approving it, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. man, as soon as you look up, they're like, it's up there, right? Yeah, there. You know, like, yeah. Just, yeah, so absolutely. That's a that's a real, I mean, that's, yeah, like, I just kind of aha yeah, moment to, that I want yeah, to, to go back. Out. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, right. Go back, going back. Um, you Once you've approved tracks, your young dog, your prospect is taking those tracks um, with great. Now, the next step is, is you don't have to approve it. You unsnap the dog, it gets off the box, takes the track, and without you approving it. Yeah. Now you're ready. Now you're definitely- Your body language you're is- definitely on the, You're definitely on the edge for a coyote race, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're definitely ready for some of the heartbreaks of hound dog. And, um, so- At some yeah. point, you got you to gotta take your approval back. You're like, yeah. yeah, I really don't approve of that, but- uh, Yeah, but- um, You can take your approval card away. Yeah, right. And, and, and you know, you'll, you'll find- I hear this dog won't take a track. Won't, you know, well, what kind of groundwork have you done? Yeah. You try to push a brake on a dog. Oh, you know. Why? And, and what's that dog reading? That Absolutely. Did you take a young dog out that had poor groundwork done and uh, and oh, deer crossed the road in front of you, turned out on it, and 
Of course, the dog took it. Especially if you've seen it, it's on the dog box. The dog struck the deer. You turn the dog off from it, on it. The dog, of course, takes it. You know, whether he took it or not, or if he's just running because he sees it. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, did it take it with heart or not? And then you fry the dog. Boy, you've, uh, I don't think you've done your, your end goal any good. Right. You may have gone backwards from no yard breaking to, um, I may ruin this dog. Yeah. You know, which anybody that's done this very long has probably ruined a fair number of them. And that's, you know, it, it, I've always asked myself that same question anytime that a dog hasn't made it and wound up, you know, as a cull, what did I do to put that dog where it's at now? What part did I play in that dog being a cull? You right. know, and, uh, uh, was I not dynamic enough? You know, did I not, because I trained four dogs successfully um, using this style and the strategy, um, and then I get this other dog, because I always enjoyed getting dogs from all over the place and trying them. Um, it's, once I've had a, once I have a good pack, I always like to, I call it my gambler dog, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, um, did... Uh, I try to use the same strategy on that dog that I used on the three other dogs that are in my pack and not pay enough attention to that dog and its response and, and the difference in breeding and style or whatever that dog. And did I make it a call? (laughs) You know, um, I think that any guy that any houndsman that measures his, his success by his bone pile is doing himself in the, in the pack or the, the, the breeding all breeds that, uh, an unjust, yeah, you know. So, yeah, that's. I, I wish I could. I wish there was a more definitive way that go. By gosh, this is how you do it. But yes, A B C. No, I think these really yeah. good pointers there. So, uh, starting a track off the box. The last thing I got. I think we covered everything. Oh, oh, right. Um, right. Loading and I want. I got loading and unloading manners, which was a lot of the 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 beginning. We talked about that, but I want to. I kind of want to touch back on that. Don't drop those early mechanism up 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 you know i mean all your basics and they stay with you through this whole transition always Uh, as they go in the box as they come out of the box i Mm -hmm. I know somebody made a comment when i was i did a a td15x video and open the dog box one dog at a time comes out i collar it that's that's part of that whole routine it's like you're in a routine they come out of the they go in the box the same as they come out of the box you know calm Mm -hmm. and collected and and it's not a um dump the box at least for us i'm not right. saying that there aren't people who do or like yeah, they right. dump the you know dfb Absolutely. or whatever you call that you know? yeah i yeah my and there's times it is my, like we're gonna dump the box <laughs> yeah absolutely it <laughs> crossed the them. road let's go but um uh absolutely and you know my fear is is you know of course dumping the box and i'm just letting them out to go to to empty out and i i, I couldn't count the number of times i've dumped the box to empty dog out and we started a track there Right. So, um, so I, I, I like very well, very disciplined dogs. Um, I just, that's what I like. That's what I shoot for. That's, and that tells me I'm doing my groundwork. It tells me I'm doing my yard breaking and coming out of the box too wild is, you know, hit me in the face with their nose and those kind. Of, that's just, man, that's getting us off to a bad, bad start in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so It'd be frustrating. Uh, yeah, it, it is. I've been hit in the face. I've been, and I, I, you know, and then, of course, it, and that sucks. And you got a bloody nose, and it's not the dog's fault. It's probably yours. But, um, but, uh, you know, and I, I know guys that call them out by name. 
And I don't do that, but man, I sure have hats off to those guys that do. I go, I do. Yeah, that I guy. like to to yeah. tell which dog. Absolutely, is. They, like when it comes out of my box, I'm like, hey, Andy, because I got the collar and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where it's like I just want them all to come out by name. Yeah, because it starts my day, and I've, you know, you may not do it that way, but I and I think you do. I think you actually probably do decide what dog it. you want. Yeah, to come out. maybe you're just not realizing it right now, but um. It is just that calm. Everybody comes out calm. Everybody knows it's, and then we can. Yeah, it's like a. a this is our. This is what we do. We we look right. good at doing it. Well, We're I mean, the goal is to catch cats. Yeah. And and uh, if that's your goal, then horseplay is not part of that. Yeah. And it's you. You're there to catch cats, and you know, I like dogs that uh, portray that. They don't. Yeah. You know, that's they're out there to catch and cats, I can and they're say serious I've about that it. from you. That's that's a. Um, something. So even if you say you don't do it, I, I bet you do. I, I bet you, yeah, you when you got your collars laying out there, you pick which collar you want, and you you call it you dog, grab yeah. to the dog. You just don't realize it. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah. Um, so starting a track off the box. So yeah, so I've had um dogs that are would not be considered a strike dog because they're not vocal. I don't tether on my dog box. Right. Um, and again, I I I think I swung the pendulum too far and um. Uh, you know, somewhere along the line, and the dog was not vocal. It would just leave the box, and it'd be a rough track. I mean, it was a cold track. I've had dogs that, and then the same same deal, leave the dog box on a hot track, not vocal at all, just poof, poof, off the box, and they're gone. Um, I've tried to I tried to correct that by tethering them again and making them, um, making them vocal before, um, and I I don't think I was consistent with it enough um to correct that but um and maybe i just kind of got to where it was like starting a track starting a track you know roading them starting a track off the box um and and, and then you know again th- thinking back to well these just aren't these are dogs that i taught to strike yeah they, they're not natural rig dogs they're these are dogs that have um, they're trained rig i dogs. trained them to start tracks off the box and through that training vocalization apparently wasn't part of it right. <laughs> you know for whatever reason and they're trained to start a cat off the box yeah. not trained to bark or yeah. strike exactly so and some there's a, a nuance there that yeah that people can look at and go yeah and, and so that's what you're saying sometimes you look at it and go this is the difference between a a, a rig dog that was born and one that you trained exactly and and, and you know, the dogs that were starting them tracks off the box, uh, the one, I guess it's been one, but there was a pack behind it, but, um, she just, she didn't miss many. Um, fortunately she was a heavy dog. So I knew when she jumped off the box, she's a big, <laughs> springs uh, move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, I had to pay attention all the time and, uh, I didn't care for that. That wasn't my end goal. I mean, if I could and I think probably I could have corrected if I was more consistent, but I wanted to catch cats, not mess around, you know. Yeah. And so you let it go. It just didn't really bother me that much. I, you know, I, I got used to it, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, maybe she trained me. And there's there's always that going on. These dogs yeah. are trying to train you, and, you know. But um, but she was starting tracks, and I was catching cats. So okay, yeah. That's what that's what we're doing right now. You know, that's it's a how give and take. And yeah, it's kind of like going back to the whining dog. You know, it's like yeah, well, there's some things I'll put up with. Exactly. And. Yeah, some things you won't put up with. Exactly, and then, and um, 
yeah, and as I got, I guess as I got older, I probably got lazy where I didn't want to, like say, tether everybody and then untether, you know, knock everybody loose um, to correct that. Maybe it would have corrected it. Maybe it wouldn't have. I'm sure I could have come up with some strategies to correct. Maybe I should have went back to, to um, you know, very basic, basics and make a drag or two and had them vocalize on it and open or yeah. let them off. You know what? But it wasn't worth it to me, I guess. You know, yeah. I was still catching cats and I was happy with that, you know, but. Um, you skipped a step, but it wasn't deterring your end result. Right. I guess. It right. Is a good way of saying that. Yeah. Like, hey, you. But at least the good thing is, you, I mean, you at least acknowledged and thought about the step that you skipped. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, and probably the step that I ultimately skipped was I picked the wrong dog from the wrong pack. You know, <laughs> she wasn't a natural strike dog. You yeah. know, and so, um, and and even that, even if you, you know, as everyone, all houndsmen, if you've done it very long, you learn pretty quick just just because parents did it don't mean it's going to do it but um it does increase your your the likelihood that it, you know it's going to be this or be so that. as we wrap up here um i think we got some good topics here i want you to talk about going back to the beginning a, you, you, i'm sure you say it a strike dog is born and not made and so Absolutely. we just tried to make a strike dog that's what we tried and, to do yeah you know because everybody like Sometimes that's what you got. I mean, yep, it, absolutely. It, it doesn't mean you just got to realize that maybe you, maybe you're trying to make a strike dog, and somebody could have that uh, that that born strike dog, yep. and you'd be like, "What am I doing wrong?" And right. It's like, well, you got the wrong dog. That doesn't mean you got to get rid of your dog and go find you. Exactly. You might not. That might not be an easy task to do either. Right. But, but you just got to have that in mind. You'll spend. You'll spend. You know, if you're buying dogs and trying to buy the natural you can buy dogs your whole life and never have one yeah i mean um i've had like say one that is was that sally dog was an absolute born strike dog and, and what made her a born strike dog she just she just naturally you know again two or three years old without zero training as far as handling huh. and put her on a box and kind of showed her what let her do it once yeah you know with a with a she just got it she got it that that one and that was it so Never are, are there cues that you would look for in somebody's pack to go, I think that might make a strike dog or no, I don't know. I mean, just, if, if you were to, if you, if you see, don't do this, but if you, if you were to try to judge somebody or help somebody that they they got four dogs now mm -hmm. and they're having a hard time with this, what dog would you want them to focus on? What, what, what tips would you, you know, seeing Sally and seeing dogs okay. that you had a hard time getting to strike. So, so you, you you've got four dogs um, and you've done some groundwork, and, but nobody's striking. Right. Um, yeah, that, that that would be a tough one. Well, if you're trying to train it, like, if, what are you looking for in a dog that you think might, you, that you want to encourage? You the one that on? you want to focus on? Yeah. The one that looks the most comfortable on the dog box. Okay. The one that looks like it's using the air, you know, it's putting its nose and those changing its position in its nose. You don't have to be the, again, I, the crazy dog up there gets, it's flashy. It gets a lot of attention from you, gets a lot of attention from others. You're um, always watching that dog. You're always watching that dog. Yeah, it's moving around. That's taking all the attention. Yeah, absolutely. If um, you know, the dog that is that is hunting from the box, it's not jumping all over the place. It's not, you know, using dog box as an exercise platform. It's um, it's it's working. You can see the yeah. dog is working on the box. Okay, focused. That's the dog I would encourage to. Because that's that's doing something. We just want to teach it what to absolutely or bring out. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it just may not know you want it to bark. 
Exactly. It's, it may acknowledge it. It may know it's there. It may, it, it identifies it. Most of them probably identify it, I'd, I'd say, if they're hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of the dogs at least know it's there. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I think there's some, <laughs> with today's technology, I would, I would encourage somebody to put a camera up there so you're watching it all the time. Yeah. You can see, I mean, you're not missing. Because again, you, I, I think that people, um, it's easy to consider that that, um, and it may not even be the first dog to vocalize up there. You may have, you may have uh, V striking tracks up there, but you think that um, that Bambi, the dog that's bumping all over the place, and the first one to vocalize is the one that's striking. But old Bobo over there in the corner. Um, it's got his head in it and throws his head up, and then Bambi sees Bambi it. sees him throw yeah. his head up and whoop, and he's she's off the box first. She didn't she didn't strike the track. She didn't start the track. Oh, Bobo in the corner started the track. Yeah, and you missed it because you know you can't see back there. It's on the box, or you weren't paying attention, and so now you think oh, Bambi is the strike dog, and she's not. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's really the other dog that started the track. Yeah. It, She's just taking all the. She's she's reading the cue from the other dog, and she's, she's quick the to vocalize. One. Yeah, she's a <laughs> flashy, flashy one. dog. Always gets the. Yes, gets gets all the credit when, um, you know, flashy dog didn't didn't do the work. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's so. interesting. So, um, Sally and Penny, tell us a story about so Regan and how Penny. So Penny was a dog. I, I ended up with Penny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we covered it in the first podcast. You gave it to me. I think you felt sorry for me, but anyway. Penny would always ride that. If you're riding behind Don, you had one dog that was faced backwards. <laughs> you had all the dogs going yeah. forward, and Penny just sit on the back she, and just look she, at you. I mean, she took her position, behind, and she learned that. And, and um, she just sit there. I mean, yeah. it was like she's just like you'd almost be like literally like, sit on her butt, stoic looking, like a statue, and just look sit. at the car behind you. Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine what. Yeah, I can't believe you're eating that in front of me, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, which she was very food driven. So yeah, when that was probably going through her head, but, um, but she, she, you know, staring contest when you're like, you had to look away because you're like, it's kind of awkward. I mean, it's really awkward. You're just staring at us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a kid kid in the minivan. You You try that. In the back of the minivan, looking back out the back window. That's what Penny was driving behind you. You really want to know what it's like to hunt with Penny. Go to next time you're in the checkout line, the cashier, just do this, do that stare thing. Look at her right in the eyes, (laughs) stoically. See how uncomfortable that is for both of you. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's like to hunt with Penny, but yes. um, to follow Penny around. But <laughs> Penny, um, like me, was fortunate enough to hunt behind Sally, and Sally was an absolute fantastic strike dog. Right. Didn't didn't miss much. She she uh, stood in the corner of the railing, all four feet on the on the platform, um, always looking for the wind, always looking for the air, and I just don't think she ever missed much. I mean, she just. Yeah, she was a fantastic strike dog, and so and it Penny t- would be Penny would be, would be doing right that, behind her, like sitting there backwards, ready to jump off the ready box to jump and, off. She wait take for, the track away, yep, waiting for the trigger. And the second Sally would throw her head up, the second she was off that box and looking to start that track. And so those dogs had their role, um, and you know Sally would st- would strike the track and Penny would start it, and. Right. And of course, they'd all go to work on it. I don't. I throw. I put everybody. Everybody's in, yeah. or everybody's out. And um, so um, that's how we hunted. And and those were the, during the Penny Sally 
Penny Turk days, um, that was a really solid pack of dogs. And it, we had a lot of cats. And at that time, we had a lot of ground open open to hunt. Um, they just really, they were just, they were a pretty solid pack of dogs. And uh, uh, I was very proud to, to own them. And, uh, of course, Sally got older. And she wound up with a kidney failure and liver deal, and and uh, I had to put her down. So and I and you know as as and she was the dog that struck. Right? She's my strike dog, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Now I'm I didn't have another dog that even struck. You didn't know? even bark on the box no, hardly. Nope, didn't. Nothing could strike ahead of her. I I thought, well, I'd have no strike dog now. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, I got caught my pants down, and so of course, what do you do? You go hunting. You yeah. know, you get up next morning, go hunting anyway. And, uh, so it, it, I uh, maybe a day or two of boxing around Sal or Penny sitting on the same spot, but no Sally there. And, and it wasn't long. And so, so the first day or two, you didn't strike you? Didn't, I didn't, I didn't strike anything. Yeah. And I knew I was in good cat ground. So you knew you were passing. I, yeah. So, I, so now I am rodent dogs to start tracks. Mm-hmm. And so I'm catching a couple cats, but not like I was, of course, cause I can't yeah. cover ground like I could. Um, but, uh, um, it, it didn't take but a few days of, of hunting and now Penny still sat in the same spot, but the difference was, is instead of staring off into space, she's got her head to the edge of the road. She, I see her starting to catch wind, starting yeah. to work the wind. And it, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't a week. I, I know that. And she was whoop, just one. She wasn't blow the box up like Sally. She was just a whoop and off the box. Yeah. And second best, best strike dog of her own. Just that quick, that easy. So she was there. She just changed her role. Her role before was it, Sally's the strike dog, I'm the start dog. Yeah. And now she's like, well, now I got to do them both. And, and, and in retrospect, I think in the end, um, I enjoyed um, Penny as a strike dog a little more because we – percentage of tracks that she would strike um i don't think she was striking every cold track that old sally was um but um the ones she picked to strike we would catch a larger percentage of them she's a little more measured maybe um yeah you know you think she just passed up tracks that she couldn't start yeah i i mean because she don't know but she would strike or she would start tracks that you know were soft soft strikes by sally you could tell they weren't, you know, blow it up, uh, hot tracks. She'd get off and start them and we'd catch them. I just don't, I don't know if she was, um, if she knew that this the, is the cat I can catch. The piss piles. Or yeah. Reverses. This is the cat I can't catch. You know, I don't know. You never know. But, um, you know, I've heard that from the bear hunters, especially that they've had dogs that, um, that won't, won't go on a mean bear. They, they've never seen the bear. They, you know, they'll just, they just know. A mean bear somehow yeah. it, to, compared to others, and they just don't do mean bears, and um, any other bear they do, but not a mean one. And so something that I don't understand, you know, like I say, is that um, I, I believe she had every bit of the nose and the ability to smell a track that Sally did, but she just picked her her strike better. Yeah. So a little it, more careful. Yeah. And and I've heard you say that <laughs> the more hunted down they got. They would pick their tracks a little better, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, they were coming out of their spry. They were like, let's try this one. Let's try that one. Let's yeah. try this one. And Sally was, Sally was the you know, as we mentioned earlier, she was the one that strike every freaking 
wide leaf branch stuck out in the road that a cat would spray on, pee yeah. on. And, you know, I'd be like, okay, about the third one of those in a day, um, I'd take off and run her, make right. her run for a mile, and then um, put her back up and we'd try that again. And, and sometimes it worked out where in that mile we'd find the track. <laughs> she, you know? Did you go so, back like, shit, I gotta go and back. She was right, you know, and I had to go back and put everybody on. <laughs> and all the other dogs were like, yeah. Asshole, she's still, yeah. Now, I'm, now right. we're way, we're the ones yeah. that were on the box following and natural and consequences, Dad. What do you think of that? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, she actually had it that time. That, yeah, so, that's the funny part. Sometimes is it's that edge, that, like you know, it's that that edge where you're, um, you know, you think you got it and you don't. Yeah. You know, so and sometimes you do, and and sometimes you don't. Majority of the time, you probably don't. But yeah. But you like until so Sally came out and 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 she was your. Your rig dog, she, she, Penny, yeah, Penny, Penny, Penny stepped up and she, fantastic rig dog, strike dog. And She's then Turk actually was, Turk, yep, Turk come in there and filled the shoes when Penny started. Um, they kind of together were strike dogs for quite a while too. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Turk again was another um, stoic, hardworking dog. He, if he, if I could define him, he was, he was not a master at anything but good at everything. Right. And, uh, so he was a good strike dog, but not a not what I would consider a top strike dog. But he definitely contributed on the box, and he was uh, but stoic. All four feet on the box all the time, find the air, um, and um, you know he would hit him, and we'd catch him. You know he was yeah, uh, and it's just kind of rolled that way for the rest of for the next twenty years. So do you have as we wrap this up? Do you have any? nightmares about boxes like strike i mean what yeah my, my nightmares are falling off the box and getting hurt yeah that's the number one that, that uh you know i think i've um i've had a couple one in particular that broke a leg doing that and um turned out to be a fantastic dog for another guy that don't hunt as often as i did as hard as i did mm-hmm. um and uh the other one is just that anxiety of being on that edge and they go piling off there and start a track and you have no clue what, what this is going to turn out to be. <laughs> and, and, you know, trying to get ahead of the dog, try to identify, try to figure out what's going on. Um, and that's the, that was, that's the nightmare. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, because of course the more they run off game, the better they get at it, I guess. And the more they think it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, and and to wrap it back up, I guess as we end this, it's a it's a grind. Like if you're expecting to hop out and be in the dogs and be successful in a year, you're in the wrong game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's I mean, and and you know you, uh, hopefully you did go out and hunt with the local hunter, and you did see that it was possible. Yeah, you did create some ideas, um, but he got there somewhere, and uh. If he's if you if you're riding with the right guy, you made it look easy. It, it's not. Yeah, he got there somehow, and um, it uh, you gotta you gotta want this. I mean, you you gotta have a passion for this. Not not um, man. It, oh, you know, Bob down there did a really. I went with him three times. We caught three cats. Man, it was just it was so much fun. Yeah. Um. Well. Well, Bob did some work, I promise you. Yeah. So. Uh, he, he's got, there's a dedication that. Absolutely. Sometimes is, is underestimated a little oh bit. Oh, my God. And more than. Um, 
yeah, you can't even put that into a podcast. I yeah, mean, it's it's something different. It's something different. And then you'll see some kids that may be natural at it. And, Absolutely, and they may they yep. may really read these cues and, and you know, I mean, not yep. saying there's people that can't do it faster than I can because there are definitely people that can do it a lot oh, faster yeah. than I can. That they can read those dog cues and, and read these things and and they study. And I know of, yep. of, of a couple that are just really natural dog natural. Handlers. They they, yep. they think a little bit more than. Mm-hmm. Than I do on a, on a you know I was kind of the old turn a dog loose let it go and and it's like man these little cues that you're talking about I think just help your curve you know what I mean I think that's Absolutely. part of it and and it takes most people a long time to pick up these cues of Absolutely. a dog you know because there's so much unspoken language between you and the dog that right. that you're not picking up on yeah so I you know, yeah in in that sense too. Um, Pay attention to those guys. If you're if you're an older guy, I mean, like myself, I see those guys that uh, there's some young guys, a couple of them in in the Pacific Northwest right now that are catching cats pretty consistently, and I'd love to ride with them. Yeah, I'd love to see you know their strategies and their dogs and their, um, you know their, uh, and the and a couple of these guys were not born in a dog box. Right. They these guys are just natural dog handlers. I mean, they could probably train a horse the same way. They're just naturally that way and uh, i wasn't one of them (laughs) you know i don't i won't i won't take away any credit for myself i think that i did have a mentor um we didn't catch a lot of game together um i did see things differently than he did even as a 12 year old um when i got my first dog i you know i created my own strategies and became my my own houndsman so i feel like um in some ways i was I'm probably natural at it too with dogs. Yeah. I'm a hell of a lot better at dogs than I was women. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, you, you haven't figured out the the the, the um, body language and, and cute social cues of women yet. I mean, not- I think some of my responses are off. <laughs> <laughs> you can I see think, them. I've- uh, yeah, I think some of my responses are, are oh, off man. and. Um, they're, they never took to the shot collar for too well. <laughs> I just, just some of my strategies, I think, were off. But um, but when it comes to dogs, I think um, without trying to sound arrogant and remain humble, um, uh, I I just uh, I think I just kind of had a way with dogs to start out with, and and I love to be in the company of dogs. And I yeah I can't remember a time in my life that I didn't have dogs. You know, so no matter what I was doing, if I was Messing with horses, there was a dog there. If I was mechanic and there was a dog there. So um, I think probably through all of that and just uh, probably just my childhood experience and the way I was raised um, that, uh, you know, there was opportunity for me to have a dog for one and and, uh, a dog was just a part of my life. And uh, so I think that um, I probably picked up some natural... um, training abilities through that so yeah right on well this is a good one don thank you yeah you're welcome i, I this enjoyed was supposed visiting. to be like yeah. a did i say 40 minutes yeah i think so i think we're over i think i'm ready for another cup of coffee all right sounds all right. good thanks <laughs>